Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. and welcome to Hercules and the Space Gods. I'm Hercules Invictus aboard the Pride of Olympus. Pride of Olympus is our Merkaba, our sun chariot, our celestial barge, the wheels within wheels shamanic vehicle that facilitates our journeys through the astral realms of Gaia's world tree. Pride of Olympus supports all of humanity's efforts to transcend this world and venture forth into the great beyond, be they metaphysical, mechanical, or even imaginal. And like all astral conveyances, Pride of Olympus can, and often does, assume many forms, including that of this podcast. Today we have on our show, Byron Lacey, who has been so generous in sharing his paranormal and celestial experiences. And today we will explore a new facet of his creativity, music. Greetings and welcome, Byron. How are you? I'm doing good, Hercules. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to today's uh, show and uh, exploring more of your uh, universe. I read the reviews uh, that were written of your music, and I I can't pretend to be a music expert, but uh, it sounds like it's going to be a thrilling time. I really like the reviews. They seem to know a lot about my music and what I'm trying to do. Now, how did your musical journey begin? With what I'm doing now, I've I've been meditating to CDs for years, uh, ambient music, things like that. And one day, just a couple of years ago, I laid down to meditate, and I got in a very deep state. And all of a sudden, the music changed to something that wasn't on the CD at all. Mm. It was uh, it was a random, but it was with um, classical instruments, and they were more making noises, but they were in a very ordered and beautiful manner, and that's what first got me interested in it, but I didn't have any idea of how I might go about doing it. So a couple of years, a year or two later on the big football game, the the big bowl game, I don't remember what it's called, there was a commercial that came on by one of the soft drink companies, and it was music playing with all of these pieces of furniture and one person dancing around the room. And I'm going, wow, that sounds <laughs> so much like what I heard a couple of years ago. So I decided I could get a synthesizer and I did. 
I just bought an entry-level synthesizer, and I started writing songs. And I, I wanted to write songs where I didn't have to learn how to play a keyboard. I didn't have to worry too much about the rules of music, although I know some, and that has helped. But I just I sat down and thought about things that music has. It has petition. It has rhythm, um, things like that. And I decided that I could put that together, but using totally random sounds. So that's how I got started. I I did an album. Well, I wasn't going to do an album. One day I was on the computer and an ad popped up for doing an album for less than 100 bucks. I don't know how they picked on me because I hadn't been buying anything or looking at anything, but I thought, okay. So I did a three album, a three song album, and I really just got hooked on it. And it also showed me a lot of my songs are about space, so they're titled about space or UFOs, like UFO in the USA. And my covers all have pictures, not all of them. Some of my covers have UFOs on them. So it gave me another way, and and I write on my web pages and stuff about my experiences just a little bit. So it gave me a way to keep pushing my agenda of helping with disclosure about UFOs and aliens. Wow. Um, and did you do the arts for these uh, uh, songs that you sent over? Yes, I do all of the art. Wow, so you have a very wide range of uh, artistic styles, uh, like w- with uh, your music that you uh, um, draw into what it is that you're expressing. Yes, I do. I do primitive art. I do abstract art. I do non-objective art. I do paintings, sculptures, drawings. Drawings is my least favorite, but I do do it sometimes. And, uh, well, of course... Everything starts out a drawing, unless it's abstract expressionism. So you start by drawing something, by sketching something, and then you, you decide which medium uh, you're going to use to express it uh, in its fullness? Yes. I'd, I'd usually sit down at night and just ah, think of something. It pops into my head. I don't work things out. Um, one of my... Our professors in college, he said, I want you to learn how to do something without planning it. So I took that to heart because <laughs> I'm not a big planner anyway. So I started doing stuff. A couple of years later, he said, you don't plan these out, do you? And I said, no. And he didn't <laughs> say anything else because I was making A's in his class. Well, a few months later, he went to another country for a while and I was taking care of his animals, and I found this notebook in a barn where he planned, he took two or three or four pages of planning to get a sculpture done. He didn't, and I always thought that he was spontaneous, but he wasn't. He was just like most of the other artists. But you took his advice to heart and uh, aced the class and uh, developed a, a technique that has served you well. Yes. I don't even plan carpentry projects. I just do them. And if something goes wrong, I fix it and go on. That's a very useful skill to have. 
Uh, now, the the songs that we're going to be covering uh, tonight, uh, I guess we'll start with the tale behind uh, the song. So let's start with uh, 13 Floor Elevator. Uh, how did that song come into being? I actually wrote the song. A lot of times I'll write the song and then I'll run. The hardest part is figuring out the titles. But um, I was listening to it and just the the name just popped into my mind. Well, no, I lied. I was looking through my photographs that I take, and I saw the one of the building, and I went, this needs to be the cover to a CD. And uh, then I, I just thought 13th floor elevator, because, you know, in a lot of buildings, they didn't build a 13th floor. Right. And in some buildings, the 13th floor was reserved for private parties and things like that. And a lot of times they have a separate elevator that went nowhere except to the 13th floor and back down. And the song itself, to me, it's there's some mystery to it. Well, there's a lot of mystery. I was listening to that song after I wrote it. I was listening to it quite a bit. And I... I seem to have lost you, uh, Byron. Are you there? I'm there. You sound like you're in an echo chamber. Okay. Can you hear me now? Much more clearly, yes. Okay. I'll hang right here. Anyway, um, I was hearing this melody that wasn't in the song. There were bits of it in the song, and I thought, this is like an Impressionist painting, which is exactly what the critics said about it too because it like gives your brain enough clues that it can put together this melody that really doesn't exist and I've managed to do that in one other song so far but I I find it very intriguing idea Mm -hmm. to hear something that's not there and to hear it consistently So that's encapsulated in this song. We'll play the song, uh, and then we'll revisit it when we're done. Thank you. 
Wild ride, and that was totally unplanned. Yes. Uh, when I when I write music, well, a friend of mine came over one day that I was in a band with in high school, and he said, "How long does it take you to write these songs before you record them?" I said, "I I don't write them; I just record them, and then I go into editing. And editing takes longer than yeah. writing, recording it." Because I make errors when I record, you know. It's like just freelance, freelance uh-huh. playing. 
Wow. And and like an elevator, it seemed to uh, ascend or descend through various levels. Uh, and they didn't count them to make sure there were 13, but uh, each uh, huh. level seemed to have its own vibe, you know. <laughs> and you, you're yeah. very aware yeah. that something had shifted. So that that is awesome. Thank you. It was it was interesting for me to hear it coming through, and I'm not the one playing it. <laughs> Where do you think your music uh, comes from? Is it a, a particular muse that you have? Is it one of the celestial beings that you're uh, in contact with? Where do you think? My subconscious. Okay. And uh, I, when I when I pick a voice you know, for one instrument, like there are usually seven or eight voices on a song, I pay strict attention to the way it makes me feel physically and emotionally. And if if it doesn't have some effect on me, I just don't listen to it. I don't use it. And I have a friend on one of my songs that was uh, for sale on Amazon Someone bought it, and they wrote, when I'm tired, it makes me feel energetic. And if I'm nervous, it makes me feel relaxed. It just works for everything, and I've noticed (laughs) that too. So do you believe in a Jungian subconscious, like a collective unconscious that unites us all? Or how do you view the source of your uh, inspiration, the source of your music? I think there's a subconscious which communicates with us and, of course, sees everything. And then I think there's the unconscious, and that is what's linked to the universal consciousness. So that brings you a level closer to the source of all things by going into your subconscious and not using your conscious mind to plot things out uh, like your teacher did. Right. And do these levels have to do with the levels of uh, consciousness or uh, uh, levels uh, of being surrounding our Earth or our planet uh, or our solar system? I definitely believe they have to do with uh, the conscious levels that we reach through meditation. And once you hit the universal consciousness or whatever you wish to call it, the unconscious, then yes, it's tapped into everything. And it finds individual expression through through you. Right. I think that the subconscious can get in touch with the unconscious easier than we can, than the ego can. So it, it's like shuttling things back and forth, in my opinion. And is there a particular message in the music um, the way you write it, is there something that communicates to people on their subconscious uh, level directly? Well, yes, in that it affects them physically and emotionally and uh, probably even mentally because of the different frequencies. You know, the meditation CDs, they're all about frequencies and uh, certain frequencies gets you into deeper states of consciousness, though I don't go for those necessarily. I just go for frequencies that make me feel good. 
And that in itself is a gift uh, to people listening to the music, because if you're going for it makes you feel good, chances are that it might uh, hit the same uh, uh, spot in their subconscious and make them feel good as well. Right. And, you know, my music has a rhythm track. Therefore, it is not uh, ambient music, because ambient music does not have a consistent time beat to it and no rhythm track usually. But I, I look at it as a sort of a like a map, and the the uh, rhythm is the road. And if you pay attention to the road, listen to it very intently, but stay open to the rest of it, you you get the whole song, and it gives it structure. Wow! Um, All in a day's work. Uh, what is the story behind that song? Well, once again, I picked out the painting I wanted to use as an album cover first. That The album cover for that one is from a painting called Tornado Man, which was executed in acrylic and also in plastic. I had, I had one made by a sign company that did vacuum-form plastic signs, and then I painted it. And another one was a three-foot by four-foot painting again, but it had sticks on it. So I had to come up with a title because I didn't want to use Tornado Man because that focused on the man instead of the song. But when I had all in the day's work, which I think is sort of funny since he's gambling and drinking, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, we just use that term sometimes without even realizing what we mean, but it's all in a day's work. But so that's basically what I was saying too. Would you like for me to play that song now? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, great. Uh, and now we go into all in the day's work.
Wow, you could feel the the busyness of that and, you know, focusing on uh, what you're doing and other people focusing on what they're doing and the hustle and bustle of uh, getting it done. So that was a very aptly named song. Um, how have your friends responded uh, to your music? I have several friends that listen to my music, and they primarily use it for meditation, but they also enjoy listening to it as well. You know, I think that everybody has an innate way that they can create. And when I started out making this music, I I wanted it to be like, well, I wrote a story that was four or five kids in a post-apocalyptic world who found this store that they went in, and it somehow still had electricity after they messed around with a few things, and there were instruments in there because it was a music store. And they just, you know, banged around on them and had fun. And that's what I envision it in a way. You do what you can do and what other people don't do if possible. And, again, you don't plan it, but you feel your way through it. And you said that there are different uh, uh, tracks, and each track has a different voice. So each voice contributes to what you want to say in its own distinct uh, way. And then together... Uh, they reinforce the message on a variety of levels. That's that's what it seems like to me. And a voice like a clarinet, that's a voice. A trumpet is a voice. And I prefer things that don't actually exist except as a synthesizer. I use um, all synthesizers. So I do a form of, it's called subtractive synthesis. And it takes uh, white noise or pink noise which is basically all of the frequencies in a stream of electricity, and it starts stripping out some of the frequencies. And when you remove frequency, you start getting, you can even get a clarinet, a tuba, a trumpet. I just go for these little more otherworldly voices. Speaking of otherworldly voices, how does your music tie in with your greater a celestial experience and your paranormal experiences? Um, it's mostly something I use to, to, to get into my subconscious more consciously while meditating. For me, meditation is letting go of the ego and getting the inner voice to shut down. And if you, are, when I listen to my music, if I listen to everything that's playing and the drums and all the voices, then there's no, my my ego doesn't have the ability to talk with all that going on because it craves attention. That makes sense. And the levels that uh, you reveal through your music, do they correspond to different levels that you've reached in meditation? No. No, okay. They, You know, when I start writing music, it doesn't really – what it really relates to mostly is the way it makes me feel emotionally and physically. So the point is to feel good or to feel something in, specifically? Yes, definitely to feel good. Uh, and uh, – like, I can get it where I can't even feel my body if I really focus on the songs long enough and hard enough. But but when I say hard, it's not 
what you're doing that's hard. It's what you're not doing. Like you focus on the music. You don't focus on your own thoughts, and you don't play the songs in your mind. It's one problem with a lot of songs is we know them so well. When they start playing, we just start singing them in our heads and uh, playing the instruments in our heads. So the ego has taken over, and we're not listening to the music. I, I don't really understand a lot about music or no, I enjoy music, but I don't really know much uh, about it. So I'm trying to absorb uh, what you're telling me and trying to understand it <laughs> to the best of my ability. Uh, but you've said a lot of things that I will be meditating about uh, so far today. Um, you sent a third song, uh, French Postcards. Um, right. How did that come about? Well, once again, I wrote that song before I did the cover, and, you know, I'll go through 20 or 30 different titles. I'll look in the dictionary for a word that I don't have picked. I'll just flip through at random, and then all of a sudden, just French postcards popped into my head, and they, it seemed appropriate. Plus, well, just to be truthful, I wanted to do a picture of a woman with no clothes on. But you can't uh-huh. get one of those past the censors. So I thought, well, I'm going to cover up all the good parts and see if I can still push this through. Because when you see the picture, you you know, obviously, she has no clothing. And right. French postcards were basically the first pornography in our culture coming from photographs. And they sold them in bookstores in France. Under the, counter, under the counter, you had to go in and ask for them. And though they were made with postcards with a uh, place for a stamp, if you mailed one of those, you could go to jail or be fined heavily. I was not aware and, of that. No, it's, it's sort of interesting. And there, so there's a little bit of forbiddenness about it. But I just thought that uh, – I thought it fit the song. And the woman that did the critique thought it did as well. So that, uh, okay. Let me play that uh, song as well.
definitely a wild ride um yeah, now definitely <laughs> um you had said that everybody has uh their own creativity right. and you've definitely accessed yours and you're able to express it uh, spontaneously in a variety of ways everything from songs to sculpture um and uh so forth 
How would you suggest that people who haven't found that creativity uh, quest for it and get in touch with it? The main thing is you just have to not care if you make a mistake. And in fact, if you're worried about making mistakes, don't show it to anybody. Just do it and keep it and just keep working. And as you work, time is your biggest helper, taking time and doing it more and more and more. And also meditate, look at your stuff. Um, I think that's very important because you'll find that you do things you didn't realize you could do or you'll find ways of doing things that you hadn't thought of before. And think of it as trying to be free, but that's basically what I would say. And does your creativity, does in one area tie into your creativity in other areas? Yes. Like in art, in, in visual art, I like to use decayed, well, not decayed, but uh, objects, things that have uh, deteriorated. I find beauty in old things when I'm doing that kind of art. I also do art that there's nothing in it except my own paintings and stuff. And you do the covers of your own albums, so you express uh, that part of uh, uh, that. That part is definitely tied to your, your two forms of your creativity tied uh, together. And yes. In terms of uh, creative uh, people, and I count myself in that number. I do a lot of uh, things that express uh, my inner self uh, as well. Um, th there's a desire to kind of remake the world uh, and, and, and shape it in your own image to some extent because creativity is our most divine power. Uh, you're right. taking something that doesn't exist. Uh, yet, and you're anchoring it into this reality and bringing it uh, into existence. So what is the attempt? Uh, how are you redefining the world as an artist? You know, I really don't even think about that when I'm doing stuff. It's It's like just it's almost like sex. But it's just something you do. It's more getting comfortable into the mood and getting comfortable with myself and what I can and can't do and um, trying my best to let go. And that makes sense. You know, that makes a lot of sense. And you had also said that, uh, you, you know, the, the music is good for meditation and for uh, our inner exploration. Uh, have you heard, uh, I, I believe I asked you this once before, have you heard celestial music, uh, the music of the beings that uh, you're in contact with? And if so, how does it compare with uh, your music? Well, the only music I've heard, well, I've heard two different things. One time I'm laying there meditating and suddenly pipes were playing, the kind of pipes that you would see in pans. And, you know, a bunch of pipes that there, somebody's blowing on. And um, it still didn't fit our definition of a melody or anything, but I could tell it had structure and um, that it was cohesive and that it was beautiful. And then the second one was the 
sound I heard off of the CD that inspired me to do what I'm doing now. And do, do any of your than, reflect that, the, the pipes of Pan uh, and what you experienced during that meditation? Not the pipes, no, but they do reflect some of the music I heard in place of what was on the CD. Okay. I At least, you know, I use I use sound sometimes to move the line of melody up and to move it down. And that's basically what music is, going up and down or staying the same, and it's time-based. And and you have a firm foundation in traditional. You've been you've been trained musically, um, and you've uh, learned how to. Uh, how did you learn how to play the synthesizer? Were you familiar with uh, the synthesizer before you started using it? I know you don't strictly uh, use it, uh, but uh, it, it's your instrument. Um, how much familiarity did you have with the instrument before you started your own pioneering with it? Well. Uh, none. I, I played by ear. I was in band in high school and in two years of college, and I always played the lead trumpet part on my clarinet. Nobody ever noticed. <laughs> there were probably a couple of other people doing it. So I became last chair when I went to Stephen F. Austin State University, and I was in that band for a semester. They're always glad to have somebody that can march. So and an extra body on the field in a uniform is always good. <laughs> so I didn't know much about music until I had the event, which the same night that I saw the aliens in my room, which we spoke about before, I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, my friend, uh, I made a friend there at the restaurant, and he taught me how to play bass by ear and by pattern. So that was basically my musical training, and he had me read like three or four pages about music theory. So I have a very shallow, I have enough of an education to be dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) How many songs uh, of yours are currently available? About a hundred. Wow, that's a very respectable number. And where can people go to access them? iTunes, uh, iTunes, iTunes, uh, Amazon, CD Baby, almost any streaming service has some of my songs on them. I just can't remember all their names right now. So you get them out um, there and make them accessible uh, to people. Yes, they're there. And then I have my own webpage where you can also buy them from those places through my webpage. Uh, and they're MP3s usually, and it's uh, www.oneworddbyronlaceyalllittleletters.com. So it's easier and to it remember. Samples of the songs, yeah. And they're on YouTube. I have a lot of videos on YouTube that I made. You know, CD Baby makes a, a video of each song they um, distribute, but it's with a still a still picture. Mine are actually videos with cities and space and all kinds of stuff. And if you just look up Byron Lacey on YouTube, you'll find my stuff. 
I will definitely put a link uh, to Amazon or to, and to your website and to uh, um, YouTube uh, with uh, the promo today. Great. That'd be great. I have my own channel. And it is, I think, 12 to 15 videos there. With with uh, videos that you've made? Yes. If you go to my channel, it shows all the videos there, and then you won't be digging through the, the stuff from CD Baby that's not really a moving picture. It's just a still picture. Here we go. Still good, though. Wistful Western Weird, uh, Sugar and Demons, are those yours? Sugar and Demons is mine, yes. Okay, because there were two Byron Lacey channels. One was Byron Lacey Music and the other one's Byron Lacey. Yeah, I have one that has just a few songs on it, and somehow I did too, but they've transferred. They're available on both of them, so you want the one that's got the most videos on it. Okay. I will have to expert. I will expert. <laughs> no, but I click by Lacey. That's a commercial link that came up. Uh, I will, uh, if you could send me the link, I greatly appreciate it. If not, I'll seek it out and post it uh, a little later. Um, I'll send what, it to you tomorrow. Do you have any dreams for your music? Like, would you like to perform live? Um, do you want your music to be featured uh, as soundtracks in uh, movies? Or do, do you have any particular type of uh, ambitions for music? I'd like it to be in movies, and I would like to perform live. I performed at One Dance which went over really well. I was a DJ. I DJ my music because there's no way I can play seven synthesizers at the same time. Right. Not yet. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But the DJing went over great, and the people loved it. Halfway through, everybody started sitting down in the middle of the floor. There were only about 12 to 15 people there. School had let out and everything. And they were meditating to the music after they'd oh, been wow. dancing to it and were tired. And I had a light show, too. So it really comes to, to life with a light show. Your reviews commented, uh, a couple of them, on the danceability to the music, that even though it's uh, very avant-garde and uh, uh, it's uh, very experimental and it's pioneering, that it's danceable. Like I could see that <laughs> from your music, that uh, people can meditate to it, but they can also dance to it if they choose to. It's because of the the rhythm tracks, the drums. You'll, you'll hear them say, my organic drums, meaning they think that it's a real drummer playing, but it's not. It's a machine beating its little heart out. But very powerfully, so that's a good thing. Yes, I, I love it. I was researching them, and the particular machine that I use has been used on very, very many rap and trap house uh, songs. Um, do you have your music available on uh, CD? There's no place that you can buy it on CD except straight from me or from a, a store in Nacogdoches called The Boss Light. Uh, 
C-O-S-S-L-I-T-E. And is it currently get... – go ahead. They do sell stuff by mail, too. Oh, okay, great. I'll send you a, I'll send you a link to his webpage. Okay, and uh, next time you're on, we'll add these links automatically, uh, and this way people can access them uh, right away. And um, does it get any uh, podcast or radio or e-radio time your music? I'm on a radio station called Django, J-A-N-G-O, Django Radio. That's the only one that plays it right now. There, well, there are some on SoundCloud. I just haven't put them on there lately, but there are older ones on there. Would you like me to give your songs the airtime uh, uh, during shows, like on UFOs or something? If you have a song, oh that yeah, you... you you have permission to use any parts of my song you wish. Okay, if you have one that's particularly UFO-y, I'll use that on the Hercules and the Space Gods uh, episodes. I'll I'll look through and see about, and I'll send you a couple, and you can pick. That is awesome because your music is uh, remarkable and it, it deserves to get out there as, as much as possible. What little I could do to help uh, spread the word, I'd gladly do. I appreciate that. Talking about your other art, is that on exhibit anywhere? Uh, if you look up my name, you can probably find some examples on it. For the last last three or four years I haven't done much art I started doing it again on the record covers and now I'm getting ready I found out I had low thyroid and I didn't know that and it's amazing how devastating it can be on your body not to have enough thyroid uh, hormones they affect almost everything so it made me where if I do art I'd, I would feel sick and I mm. thought that it was the art that was doing it to me somehow. Well, once I got on this thyroid medicine, and I use one from a health food store, but it works, um, I've begun, I've slowly been rebuilding my life, and I'm getting ready to start doing some paintings and sculpture. I can see you uh, giving a presentation with uh, slides of your art and uh, you're playing your music and, like you said, with lights. <laughs> that would that, be an awesome uh, experience. Okay. I'd, I'd enjoy it. I, I'm sure people there would enjoy it uh, greatly also. I think so. I mean, I wouldn't be putting it out there if I thought it didn't have some merit for at least a few people. Now, you've invited us very generously into your world uh, on several uh, episodes of Hercules and the Space Gods, uh, and you're a very complex person with multiple dimensions of expression. Um, where do you want to take us next? I'm, I'm not sure. You know, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was blessed at birth, in my, and it's in my astrological chart, with the ability to be a writer, an artist, a singer, a musician, or a doctor. <laughs> Oddly enough, I don't know how doctor got in there. <laughs> but uh, so they're gifts to me, and I feel that I should share my gifts with other people. 
that is very noble, and that's where the doctor fits in, too, because <laughs> all of your creative modalities have a healing component as well. Yes, so, I think so. I will let you think about where you'd like to take us, and we'll we'll take that uh, from there. Um, and uh, um, in terms of uh, closing tonight's show, which of your songs would you like me to repeat? French postcards. Okay, French postcards it is. Byron, thank you so very much. Uh, I know you shared uh, your uh, contact information throughout the uh, podcast, but in closing, if you can kindly share the best ways for people to enter your world, that would be awesome. You can listen to my music on iTunes, on um, Apple, Apple Music, on Amazon. Of course, they play short clips. You can see my books on Amazon. You can hear my music on YouTube, and I think you can download some of it. And um, the videos are very nice, too. I'm going to check those out this weekend. The the video to um, 13th Floor Elevator is one of my favorites, and Sh- Sugar and Demons, is a, those are the two most watched videos. And unfortunately, if you go up to the highest quality, it keeps reloading, but you still get the idea. And if you keep the picture small, it looks really great. Okay. I, I will keep that in mind. Um, so thank you so very much, uh, Byron, for your generosity and for your company. I always enjoy speaking with you, and I wish you the greatest of success uh, in all of your endeavors. Thank you, Hercules. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you, and I appreciate everybody who tuned in tonight, whether you listened to us live as we spoke, whether you called in, or whether you're going to be checking us later on demand. Uh, until next time, this is us wishing you joyous journeys and amazing adventures and we're going to close with french postcards